This is the Toddcast Podcast. I'm a guy named Todd. And I'm a guy named Aaron. Join in our conversation as we discuss anything and everything. Pointless debates, music, Star Wars, nerd culture, and so much more. There are no scripts, no show notes, commuters, sit back and enjoy the ride. The Toddcast Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Got Eric with me with his tub of popcorn and quick fingers to hit all the IMDb ratings. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, Todd. Today, uh, we've embarked on a journey that I've been wanting to do for quite some time, and that is go down the IMDb top 250 list and start watching and rating these movies. So uh, by the time I think we're done with this conversation, I'll be able to say, hey, I think I'm going to rate it this. We're hot off the presses, Todd. I watched it last night, so as of Same. recording. Um, is super fresh. So I'm still having to let it reflect a little bit on like, all right, well, you know, what we got going on here. But what movie did we end up watching? The top movie in IMDb is The Shawshank Redemption from 1994. Right. Which, uh, can can we just start by going, really? Uh, yeah. Or am I the only person who has that opinion? Because <laughs> uh, it's an excellent, it's it's a fine film. You know, I watched it last night. It's good stuff. I, you know, I would I would happily watch it again. Um, that said, you know, I was around and alive and of capacity to go watch movies on my own in 1994. Right. Did I see The Shawshank Redemption? I did not. I think the first time I actually saw The Shawshank Redemption was probably within the last decade. I was like, just got around like, hey, you know, I hear people talk about this. I should watch it. Yeah. Um, and, I believe, and last night was the second viewing of said movie, which I just feel like if something's going to be at the very top of its list, I probably would have had more going on with it. I, I you know, I I'm know. not too sure if it's a sleeper hit or not. It, it's, it was odd when I saw that, right? When it was yeah. like, when we were looking at the list, I'm like, all right, I've heard of Shawshank Redemption. Literally had no understanding or idea. I confuse it with the Green Mile. All the time. Oh, and that they're both Stephen King prison movies. So that right. makes perfect sense. So I went into watching this last night thinking, all right, I, you know, not necessarily sure what it was. But this movie is rated a 9.3 out of 10 by 2.8 million people. So, well, I was looking in the, in the, the um, IMDb like trivia section, and this was the first movie on IMDb to go over 2 million votes or whatever. Right. So, I, I mean, I'm not sure. It seems like a sleeper hit. Like, it just seems like at the time, you know, and we can get into this a little bit, but at the time, there's a lot of other movies that grab the headlines. And and I don't necessarily find this to be a artsy movie. You know, like, no. it's not it's not done as, like, it's a, you know, film from France, and, you know, everybody loves it with the subtitles. It feels like it could be this movie. It's just a very interesting. But in 94, you know, granted, I was not paying attention to this kind of film. Probably wouldn't allow to be, be able to watch this film. So, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, it's it's an interesting. It's a sleeper hit, but it is certainly number one on the list. And yeah. uh, hence why we're talking about it today. That's right. You know, but it also looks like, you know, from a Rotten Tomatoes perspective, you know, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's a 91 on the tomato meter. So it's not nearly as high by the critics as the audience score is once again a 98, which is actually higher than your 9.3. So, mm -hmm. you know, it gets that's the thing that just that just boggles my mind. Like Abby and I, we finished watching it. And afterwards, we were having cigarettes and talking about it like you do. And both of us were just kind of scratching our heads on that because neither one of us can think of anyone in our lives 
that we would look at and go, hey, what's your favorite movie? And have them answer the Shawshank Redemption. Right. Like there's there's apparently just a whole bunch of people outside of our circle that are just all about this. Nah, I... And good and good for them. Like I said, it's a it's a fine film. I just don't understand it being top of the heap. This is math, Todd. It's it, this is this is math. <laughs> it's the whole scenario, you know. And we're we're pretty prone to doing this kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be someone's favorite film. It just has to honestly be a film that everybody ranks highly and no one really dislikes. So it might be the everyman's film. Like if you're if you're gonna watch a movie, so Lauren watched it with me last night, and this is not Lauren's genre, but we both looked at it and said, well, that was a damn good movie. You know, yeah, it had you, yeah. it had you ups and downs. You had you thinking, guessing, you know, sympathizing and caring, and and had your 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 turns and and all of the above. So I think at the end of the day, if everybody and their brother thinks this movie is, well, geez, that was a nine or a ten. But it's not like you only have one movie that's a ten out of ten, or you know, so forth. So I think it's just one of the universally, hey. We're not going to be able to critique this movie. This movie was great, great in many aspects. So I don't know if it's anybody's favorite movie, but as a collective whole, most people don't hate it, which will yeah. keep the rankings pretty high, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the ranking breakdown, and a little uh, – just under 55% ranked it as a 10. Right. Another 25% at 9, and then it kind of tapers off. One point, apparently 42,000 people, 1.5% of those right. that rank it, did put it as a 1. Right. I'd love to see these rankings for other movies. I didn't even know you could break this down. So yeah. for those those at home, if you just click on the rating, it'll actually give you that information and, and, and so forth. And I don't know how their scale works per se. I don't know if it's like an MPS score. I'm sure it's not. But at the end of the day here, ranked high. I could see why. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of people that dislike it. Uh, and I also do think that any time you rank things, it's going to be filtered more towards the people that like it or hate it. You right. know, and there's you're gonna have your group of people that rank anything. They'll just go rank stuff for for the hell of it. Uh, right. The movies that have been seen. So, firstly, you have to have your movie seen by a lot of people. So, since this was out in you know theaters and was a critically acclaimed, you're gonna have more people actually rank these things. But yeah. naturally, you, you know, Todd, you and I go through and we're gonna rank our movies. We're gonna go rank all the ones we've seen and like first. That's just how it works. Oh yeah, you know. When I when I got an actual login to IMDb so that I could start rating things, guess which franchise I went through and immediately ranked, Eric? You'll never guess. I'm not even I'm not even going to finish this because it's pretty obvious. <laughs> right. All three trilogies went in and instant ranked them, and of course. of course on on the heels of that, I'm like, well, I've seen everything in the MCU. Let's go through and right. rank those. Right. right. I mean, I did give Shawshank Redemption a rank this morning. Because we we're talking about it, <laughs> right? But other than that, I probably wouldn't have. Well, I mean, know. and it gets a part of your process. All right, so yeah. we we've nerded enough about the ranking. <laughs> what do you expect? We had an we have an entire podcast series where we just rank music. To think we weren't going to do the same here is kind of silly. So yes. this is very spoiler territory. So if you have not watched this and you do not want to be spoiled, do not listen. Pause the podcast. Go watch. Come back in two hours and twenty-two minutes, and then right. meet us right here, right here, and in, in the in the movie lobby, so to speak. That's right. So let's talk about when it was. So it was 1994, Todd. Yes. You were around. I mean, this is your era, dude. That was post high school graduation, pre Navy. So yeah, this was this was a good time for young Todd to be alive. Right. It didn't seem overly dated because it was based in what the the their 40s, 50s, 60s yeah. throughout the yeah. you know. 
So even though it was made in the 90s, it doesn't feel like it's the 90s. The whole thing pretty much takes takes place inside a prison, which kind of defies any sort of time anyway. So it right. works out well. Right. There was no grunge, no Nirvana. <laughs> no. So like we just don't know it's it's 90s. But right. some of the films that were out around that time were definitive 90s films. And I mean, I guess you could say something like, so for, Forrest Gump, for instance, was also a 90s film. But it was primarily done in different eras, so it had same, maybe same similar vibes in some aspects. But yeah. you know, Force Gum does end up becoming pretty darn nineties at the in the end of the you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you you look at the other big time films of that year, and you've got Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, right. Lion King, The Mask, Interview with a Vampire, and Speed, all right. of which I've seen. And I'm gonna be real honest and say at least. Two of those, I would have expected the populace to have ranked higher than the Shawshank Redemption. Like, looking at this list, I'm like, really? Forrest, like, the general populace didn't find Forrest Gump to be more than Shawshank Redemption? Like, pulp, personally, I think Pulp Fiction would probably be, but I realize that's not, doesn't have necessarily the, the overall general appeal. But Forrest Gump, who, who doesn't like Forrest Gump? And more importantly, who doesn't like Forrest Gump but does like Shawshank Redemption? I don't know who these people are, but they're out there and to the tune of like two million voters. So, well, there might be a possibility that you know, just from a critic standpoint, mm. that this is this is more artsy of a film. I mean, I prefer. I mean, if you asked me, I think I would probably prefer Forrest Gump. But then again, there's some nostalgia there. Like I have zero nostalgia for this movie. Maybe in 20 years, I'll say, hey, I remember that one time we recorded a podcast. <laughs> And I watched this on, you know, right. with my wife on, you know, uh, Monday night or whatever the hell it was. So maybe, but I mean, let's say 1994 was a pretty damn good year for film, oh, yeah. at least from my perspective. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if the mask <laughs> kind of lives up. <laughs> I feel like I feel like of that list, that, that one kind of is, is, is a little. Hmm. But speed was a hell of a uh, like action thriller of its time. I mean, oh, yeah. that was, you know. Very interesting to take place on a freaking you know bus and stuff like that. Um, out of that out of that list, I did not see an interview with a vampire, but I'm told to believe it's pretty decent. So it's pretty good if you are if you are a young man of a certain age or young lady, I suppose. It's you got to realize there was a lot of goth happening in '94 also. Oh which, yeah, which really sure, fed into sure. the interview with a vampire situation. We digress. I'm not, you know, and the thing is, I'm not sure if this film has anything to do with the 90s. You know, sometimes you'll say, well, you know, let's look how the, the, the time frame of the era that it was made. Did it have any impact? Oh, yeah. Like if you start talking about uh, The Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller, those are very right movies of their time that reflect their time. Shawshank, not so much. Yeah, and, but I don't think even the theme. You know, like if you look at it, I don't know how this affects with the 90s. I mean, you know, like if, if you're talking about what's going on, is this a movie that is politically making a statement of the time? I don't believe that's the case, yeah. you know, at least not from what I can tell. This is just a period piece, you know, generalized on hope, you know, making the best of the worst situation, I guess. Right. I, you can see kind of maybe in the 90s, you there were these films that were kind of becoming a little bit more iconic in terms of, I mean, two hours and 22 minutes is a pretty long film. I mean, from today's standards, I think, uh, you know, especially for that time. Like nowadays, right. if you go, if you come out of a movie theater any less than three hours later than when you walked in, you're doing okay. But yeah, two and a half hours was no small feat back in the day. Right. So I, I think, you know, and this might have been where you you started seeing like the some of these films that were a good period piece. Because I'm trying to think like, you know, maybe in the 80s, 
I don't know how many good period pieces they did, but like by the time you get to the nineties, you have that, you know, you have Schindler's list, which, yep. which is quality, you know? So, so they, they did, maybe they had the funds or maybe they just knew how to make things look, you know, <laughs> the period yeah. uh, better in the nineties. So I don't know. I think there were some solid good films being made. So, I mean, maybe that's where we can grab some of it from the nineties is like, Hey, they actually had, <laughs> they put the time and effort and maybe the budgets to make these things look Right. Because yeah. at no point in time did I did I look at something and say, well, that wasn't that didn't seem like it was in the right period. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't like somebody was wearing, you know, a fancy watch. And I'm like, well, that was from the 90s. Right. You know? Right. No one's busting out a cell phone out in the yard. Right. Right. <laughs> so all well. Todd, do you know anything about the director? No, no. I mean, uh, neither. N- not beyond right. what uh, what little browsing I did on imdb while the movie was playing and or what craig has provided to us so please share well i don't know much about him either i mean <laughs> i if, you, listen if i pronounce the name right i'll be happy frank darabont darabont uh it looks to me i mean literally i don't know much about stephen king at all this is a stephen king novel well, right that i have not read anything stephen king nothing yeah i'm not a major stephen king head like pretty much what i've seen of his that's been turned into movie or tv i've enjoyed I have read read a few of his things. Right. That was probably the biggest shocking takeaway for me for this was this was a Stephen King thing. And yeah, it was based on a based on a novella and yeah. uh turned into a movie. Right. Right off the get-go when it's going through, it's like based off a short story from Stephen King. I'm like, oh, okay. So Stephen King, he is primarily like thrillers from what I understood. Oh right? yeah, the shining it. Like he's he's known for sort of weird uh paranormal sort of thriller horror type stuff which is why i'm like this is a stephen king but but the prison isn't haunted or anything right seems like a normal goddamn thing going on you know just like a normal prison yeah so i don't know much i've never heard the director's name there afterwards before it's not like it was hey this is george lucas or steven spielberg or robert zemeckis like i these are people i know and heard this guy is pretty much in my opinion has been a one and done and hopefully he'll show back up obviously he's earned the right to make more films um from you know there were literally no flaws uh in in this aspect of like saying all that that was a weird way to interpret this or i didn't understand what was going on I, i thought this gentleman did a fantastic job along with i mean the same could be said about tim robbins I don't recall ever seeing Tim Robbins in anything else. So this is where IMDb will help me right now because I'm, I didn't pull my phone out last night. I was pretty much saying I am going to watch this movie and I will not do my multitasking screen. Right. Uh, you know, so I left my phone in Look a different you and room. Discipline. Good so, job. yeah, I know. listen, yeah. we need to make things happen. So for Tim Robbins, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen this guy. Before. I'm familiar with him, but I'm trying to remember if I've seen him in anything else. And frankly, I am frantically hitting IMDb to uh, to look into that. I will tell you, I've also done the same for our our man uh, Frank Darabont, and he's he's most known for this. He also he also wrote for the Green Mile. Like I guess he he's like, okay, Stephen, I need you to write a prison film, and I'm gonna rewrite it for the big screen. Let's do this. Seems to be something of a theme. Who knew? I'm looking. I'm looking up Tim Robbins on IMDb, and the known for has four entries. One of which is the Shawshank Redemption. Two of which I've never heard of, of: Mystic River and The Player. And the fourth one is quite the surprise, and that is uh, Howard the Duck, which 
we can get into a whole side right, conversation that's... on Howard the Duck, but I barely remember that and did not realize he was in it. Well, but, all right, that clearly shows range. No, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, as I scroll down through the long list, I see he was in Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny, which is a sleeper sleeper hit for me. Uh, and I'm like, all right, he's known as the stranger. I'm like, okay, well, I'll look for him next time. He's an anchor man, the legend of Ron Burgundy, as a public TV news anchor, uncredited. So he yeah. must have just did that for fun. High Fidelity is a movie that seems very 90s, but although it's in 2000, so yeah. I guess close enough. Austin Powers. So it seems like he, and I'm trying to think, did he do a lot of stuff prior to? He was in Bull Durham. That sounds like a one I've seen before. Uh, he was in Top Gun. So it seems to me like he's in some movies, but nothing that has like shot him to the forefront, yeah. much like Shawshank Redemption. I just couldn't get over how tall he was, you know, and actors and stuff like I'm thinking to myself, man, this is a guy that's going to have a hard time getting roles because most of the time you want like similar heights and stuff. And he was just overwhelmingly really I tall than everybody that. else. That, that was not something that stuck out to me that he was particularly tall. Tall guy, not respecting tall guy. It's one of those things where in, in real life. Right. Because I'm six foot two. Right. If I encounter you and you're about my height. All right. Cool. Well, welcome to the club. If you're shorter. OK. You're most of the world. And if I and if I encounter someone who's who's taller than me, like visibly taller than me, I'm like, holy fuck, I am in the presence of a giant. Because there's very few people who are who are who are six foot two or bigger. <laughs> and well, I guess on the screen, I didn't necessarily get that. Like, I, I just, I guess I just wasn't paying attention. Didn't see him next to other people to make comparisons. Okay. So it just, it just wasn't a striking detail. Sure. Good, good eye, Eric. Well, he is the tallest Academy Award winner of all time. Just to let you know, he is six foot five, Todd. So he is a giant. That's a big fella. He's a giant. He's a giant. So, so there you go. Now the question is, how tall is Morgan Freeman? Well, that's because just... I think he's taller than normal too. Yeah. Okay. He's six okay. two. So he's so, in your club. Well, I mean, six five standing <laughs> next to six two is not like if you stand this guy next to you know Danny DeVito, obviously he's going to seem giant. <laughs> right. Next to you know. Any given NBA player, and he's probably going to be, you know, on par. Like, it just didn't strike me, but right on. Well, the fun thing here is, like, uh, Morgan Freeman was the only guy that I actually knew of in this film going in. Like, he's the one that – and then I have to ask myself, how the hell do I even know Morgan Freeman? Like, we know Morgan oh, Freeman yeah. from his voice, right? And you – and this is probably one of the things that probably popularized, you know, his narration voice. This is one of the movies that definitely made – like, this was the first film he he did narration for. And that – and that – Okay. Like, and he was select – like, the one of the reasons he got the role was for his powerful, right. deep voice. And after this came out, a lot of folks were like, oh, yeah, we need this dude to narrate our stuff. He's our dude. So he was in movies that I knew of. But, I mean, obviously I could see this being his best. He was a lead actor. I mean, most of the stuff I knew him from was like, all right, he was, he was in Batman. You know, he was in The Dark Knight. Oh, he was, was it The Electric Company he was in? I mean, I realize you're, you're way too young to know oh, anything know. about that. I don't even know what that it is. It used to be on um, <laughs> PBS either before after maybe both uh sesame street like it was a it was a it was a similar situation there and he was and i remember looking but i mean at the time i didn't think anything about it because he was just some random dude also on this tv but later you see the clips on youtube of him being some dude teaching kids how to read and you're like you know that's pretty all right 
No, no, that's yeah. Now I'm looking at it here. It's just, it's just gr- running down the line in uh, IMDb. So, and then the other guys in this movie, I, I mean, literally, I didn't know anyone else. The one gentleman seemed familiar. The guy that had a little bit of a stutter, he seemed familiar, but I didn't know anyone else. So the Bob Gunton, which was the um, warden, or yeah, yeah the warden, uh, William Sadler, which was Hayward, and then Clancy Brown, which is Captain Byron Hadley. So I, you know, those are the notable people yep. with screen time but i just i mean i just didn't know anybody so kudos to everybody for making the job oh, did yeah. really well so and i think william sadler that that was the guy i was yep. thinking yep. of that had like the stutter that looked semi-familiar and he was in bill and ted's bogus journey as as the grim reaper so Clearly. obviously that's Clearly. how i knew him. yeah that's, that's how that goes <laughs> all good all good all good all right so not really much. I mean, from a production standpoint, it looks like Nikki Marvin was the producer of the film. Don't know much about Nikki. Not really sure if it's a boy or a girl at this point in time. But uh, kudos to kudos to Nikki for making that happen. Few things that I thought was funny, Todd. When I was looking at it, did you know? So I think this is supposed to be. Or is the film supposed to be like based? Well, on? Eric, it's based on a Stephen King film, so it's probably based in Maine. It just any any given Stephen King work, okay. you can just assume is that how that goes? there's a real good chance it's in Maine. This was, in fact, meant to be in yeah, New England in Maine. Not filmed there. Right. No, no. No, that's what I, that's what I thought was pretty interesting, that um, that it was filmed here in Ohio. Mansfield, Ohio. So where the hell is that at, Todd? Is that near it's you? It's nearish to me. Let's, let's put it this way. there You drive around the area, not like in town, but you get a little further afield, and there are billboards where of like people advertising, come to the Ohio Reformatory the, where they filmed the Shawshank Redemption. I haven't gone. Like Sadly, it hadn't occurred to me until Abby brought it up, I think, last night mid-movie. She's like, you and Eric should go there and do your podcast. I'm like, it's a little late for that, Abby, but good, good call. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do some anniversary show at some point and make that happen. But yeah, it is locally available. Yeah, it's a little yeah. closer for you. It's a little closer for you. So if you're talking Columbus, you're talking maybe an hour, maybe maybe an hour and a half from yeah. Wheeling. So it's definitely there. And boy, they did pick a fantastic place to film you know look i mean i'm assuming it's you know obviously it was empty and abandoned much like you know we have the west virginia penitentiary which has very similar vibes and i could have seen the same thing kind of happen this was a little bit more elaborate in terms of you know how many buildings they have and so forth because i've been in the west virginia penitentiary but i could is yours haunted supposedly i mean they're all haunted Come on. i mean i figure you can't really have a uh, of course have an abandoned prison without it having some sort of haunting situation Right. Um, I mean, listen, they could, uh, a man died on the first five minutes of this movie. It seemed like a man yeah. died. So I'm assuming there's so many deaths oh, yeah. there. So, you know, um, so, <laughs> of course, there's going to be haunted, haunted people. You know, it's just a ratio there. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool that it was actually here in Ohio and that it's something within driving distance that if we wanted to go check it out. I mean, that does make for good content, maybe for our YouTube there channel. You go. There you go. Perfect. Once we have, you know, a YouTube channel. Right, right. Well, I thought that was pretty interesting stuff to know that it was here in Ohio. So I, I think, so from a plot standpoint, I mean, I, not to get super technical, but there was a gentleman named Andy Dufresne, right? Yes. In the best part of this entire movie. So let, let me just set you up with a joke here. Have you ever heard of Mitch Hedberg? Yes. He's a very 90s, 2000s comic, right? Oh, yeah. Really kind of known for his um, kind of stoner vibes. Oh, yeah. Very, very observational. Very, yeah. Well, he told like one line jokes, kind of like uh, Stephen Wright would, but yes. more like a more like a 90s stoner guy, you know, hair in his face, tinted glasses, so forth. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, 
discovered him from finding like TikTok and reels because you know when you mm -hmm. watch a com if you really want to get good comedy watch a couple comedians and then they will serve you comedian you know jokes and this and that and Absolutely. you can just laugh all day. so it's a great that is wonderful for the algorithm uh, so found him he has a popular joke that uh uses the last name Dufresne so the <laughs> the joke is all about you know uh, a dinner party you know like calling out like party of two Dufresne Dufresne and then he, you know, and then the Dufresnes don't show up to the joke. So, or, you know, to the thing, and then they move on to the next guy and he's all concerned about what, what happened to the Dufresnes. So it's a great joke. And I listened to this and I always laugh on my phone and Lainey's always like, that's hey, not funny. And she's just being contrarian and yells at me. So what right. I've done, of course, is I play as much Mitch Hedberg around her as possible. <laughs> and I crack as you do. Up. And she's just like, you know, and she knows it's funny, but at this point in time, she's just, you know, not going to admit to anything. Right. So I, you know, go around and I do that. So the fact is Lauren now knows who, you know, Mitch Hedberg is and Miles knows who Mitch Hedberg is. And the <laughs> joke, the default joke I go to is the Dufresne joke. So I show them. <laughs> so with that being said, this is the joke. So if Laney's complaining about anything or we start, he shows up. Now you'll hear Miles from other rooms just screaming, Dufresne, Dufresne, party of two, Dufresne. <laughs> which is hysterical with his little inflection and so forth. Oh, yeah. So we could not help. Lauren and I could not help. It was t hard to even take the movie serious within the first, like, <laughs> half an hour. Every time they said the word Dufresne, we just looked at each other and we just pictured our, you know, six-year-old just doing the punchline of a joke. And it was crazy <laughs> funny to me. So... So there's Dufresne. I was not aware of that background. That That is pretty epic. Well, they said Dufresne so much, I'm thinking to myself, all right, Mitch, you probably wrote this joke around this time. Was that why the last name worked? I mean, were you watching this? And Because, you know, that's how they address a lot of people by their last names and stuff like that. Oh, so. yeah. That's an oddball last name. I mean, it's not Smith Let's say, or Jones. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. a very specific situation. Yeah. More S's in the last name than, I, than, than it's pronounced, but... So, oh, yeah, so so at the end of the day, the plot of the movie I thought was pretty damn good. You know, oh, like yeah. the, the it was original. It was, you know, there was enough twists and turns to not really have you knowing what was going on at any given point in time, you know? Right. Yeah, nothing like gave it well, nothing was super telegraphed. Right. Because I'll be honest, and the reason why we busted out with the hey, if you haven't seen this, go do so first is, you know, spoilers. Right. I kind of didn't think I did not expect the uh, the whole escape thing. Really, no, like, no. Like they they a hundred percent fooled me into the. Well, he got this rope. We know what's going to happen next. That's it. Like right up into the point to where he's not in the cell. I'm like, what? What the fuck? No, it was quite genius and everything. And that's what I appreciate in a good movie is a you, you didn't see it coming. Right, there was yeah. a moment in time once we knew he escaped. Then I knew, oh, he set up that fake personality. Oh, he's going to go get that money. Like I connected all the dots immediately and looked at Lauren and was excited that I connected it. But it wasn't like telegraphed. Like when he mentioned that kind of stuff, you didn't think anything of it. Like it was beautiful in terms of like, all right, he wanted a poster. Okay. Didn't think anything of it. You know, <laughs> I guess here's the thing, Eric. Um, and mind you, I have seen this film before. Like I right. said, probably within the last decade. And yet last night when we're watching, like 
I had a vague remembrance that there was some sort of hole behind the poster and all okay. that. But yeah. like when he's talking about, oh yeah, I invented this person out of nothing. It, you know, all this stuff traces back to this, you know, phantom. Like I had completely forgotten the whole part where he's like, yeah, he made this guy and put all the money in this dude's name and guess whose bank accounts he's clearing when he busts out of here. Like I'd forgotten about half that stuff. That's just good right. writing. That That's beautiful writing. And then there was enough of this other stuff. Like, I mean, right out the get go, you, you know, you kill a guy by beating him by just crying or whatever. And right. and you could tell how dangerous things could be. I mean, you essentially have a gentleman hang himself after getting out. So you know how a rope could be used. Like all right. this stuff. So you get to that pinnacle moment of, and then when they're like, he's not there and you're like, le- legit, he died, he killed himself. Like you literally thought it because you've already seen some of this and it had oh, you yeah. thinking, all right, shit. And then they have you caring about this dude. You know, you're getting, you get pissed off because he's just genuinely, genuinely a good dude. You find out he's, yeah, actually, yeah. you find out he's goddamn innocent, which is like a whole time. I'm like, no, he's not fucking innocent. You know, well, you, ex- you expect people in prison and or in prison movies to be like, yeah, I didn't do this. Like, I no, right. like, I guess with the exception of Morgan Freeman, who's like, yeah, I did that shit. Like there's, right. there's going to be that one who does, but you figure a lot of people, it's just like they said. Everyone in here is innocent. Don't you know that? Like, <laughs> right, right. So, so, so the fact is, I'm like, all right, he killed this guy. You know, he killed him and so forth. Even though there are remnants of like, you watch the opening scene and it's just like, yeah, you, there's no sure thing. There's no proof, but that was kind of smart on their behalf. And then, you know, and he's so cold and calculated, like he could have just be really good at lying, you know, and so forth. But it was really great really nicely written and a lot of foreshadowing on stuff that you didn't see directly. Hey, we're not showing you this because you definitely, we need you to know that this is something that you need in the future, but they show you enough to make you like, okay, you know, it's just part of the, it's part of the plot device that they're moving forward. And then you realized you needed this, you know, the whole little rock hammer almost foreshadowing. The fact is like, yeah, 600 years to get out of there. So you almost just diminish the whole fact of like, he's not going to try to break out because they already said he's, there's no way to do it. So well, no, well, and then they show him, you know, doing a bunch of rock carving stuff. It's right. Like, okay. Yeah, that's clearly what this is for. No, it was very well done. Right. Right. Very interesting. And and that's and to me, if I'm going to give it, like, I could see the critic score being a lot higher than the audience score. You know, because I mean, audience scores typically, it's just like, well, there was no great fight scene. Nothing blew up. You know. So. <laughs> right. There was no rom-com, you know, like there, you know, so it's, it's just difficult. But from a critic perspective, if you're writing a goddamn great movie, like it's going to be tough to take that one down because I felt like what they did with all of the plot was quite damn amazing. So, and I think that's where, you know, it stands up. And for that reason, of course, they also decided to give it awards, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah. Um, Or at least some aspect. It got nominated for a crap ton it got it got nominated for most of the the big ones for Academy Awards, the old Oscars. Right. So we got Best Picture, Best Actor for Morgan Freeman, Best Adapted Screenplay for our, our man Darabont, Best Cinematography, like all sorts of right. accolades. Didn't win any, right? But, well, nomination. And yeah. frankly, if I'm a guy who's 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 in that industry. I'm, I mean, obviously you want to get the, the little statue and get the Oscar, but just right. being nominated, that's something you can put on the cover of the VHS and it will rent. And eventually you'll get 2 million plus voters on IMDb to make you the right. number one movie. 
though. Well, shit, it won against. It was in a goddamn hard year. Put it ninety five. We put it ninety three. You know, then maybe right. Maybe you know, it's a little different there. But sure, sure did a goddamn good job on everything else. I mean, from Golden Globes, like Guild Awards, all that stuff. So I mean, the fact is, it it was uh well well ranked and and yes, because of that, you certainly got people to try it. Because I mean, naturally, Todd, you're, if you're gonna say, "Hey, let's go pick a movie today," and I'm scrolling through, and you're like, "Hey, let's talk about a, you know, a, pr- a prison drama," or it's not even a drama. I don't know. It's just a, <laughs> I'm not gonna pick it unless, you know, of course, it had some national acclaim and it did its job, and it got two of us to watch, you know, a brand new movie, and I'll put it on, you know, towards the top of a list of a very well done movie. Yeah. Well, it did not do that great in the initial box office situation. Right. It did really well once you know it started getting nominated for awards and stuff, and when it came out on uh, VHS, that was a big boost for it. But yeah, it did. It actually did not do super great in the theaters. Right. Well, some of these movies, and that's what and you see that happen a lot with these '90s movies. That's like, and maybe some movies in general. I'm sure even with like some of the 2000 movies, it's like, all right, well, we put it out there. People didn't respond. Maybe it was the wrong weekend. Maybe it was tough competition or maybe the marketing wasn't done the correct way. But once it's out there and you get enough word of mouth, that's what carries these movies on to this weird iconic status, you know? Well, that's the thing. This is almost like a cult favorite. And it's like you said, it is word of mouth. And you got to realize in 94, word of mouth was actually word of mouth. Right. Like nowadays you come out with a movie and all you need is a, is, is a a shit 20 year old on your social media accounts, you know, lighting up Twitter and Facebook, making that hype. You know, and and okay, you're on a good path. Ninety four. I mean, I guess technically there was the internet, but nobody's getting on there to talk about movies, right? And this is a hard one to market. Like that name gives you nothing. Like nothing. The like, cover. Like, if you see the cover, it's it. I mean, you finally get it at the end. But like, if you look at this cover, you don't. It's it's a guy in a rainstorm or whatever. You can't even tell what it is. <laughs> right. You know. So it it's it makes sense, but it wasn't a marketing machine. If, and like, what are you going to show? You're going to show pictures of Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins playing chess or, or checkers. Like, it's it's, <laughs> right. it's you can't give like it's one of those movies where it gradually builds. I mean, it took two hours and twenty two minutes for those final five ten minutes, and then it hit, and you're like, damn, what a story! You know, you told a right. goddamn fantastic story. Because the funny thing is, at the end of this movie, I looked at Lauren. And I said, wow, an actually feel good, happy ending. Like you don't right. seem to get that anymore. And I don't know no. if that's just, like, I was like shocked that <laughs> like I said, I was thinking, all right, Morgan Freeman, he's going to get caught at the border. Some uh, Morgan Freeman, he's going to kill himself, you know, or like uh, he's going to go down <laughs> there right. and Tim Robbins is not going to be there. Like he's just, he's not like, I just didn't anticipate it actually ending the way you wanted to see it end. I, I figured right. he'd go to this wall and the brick, there would be nothing there you know like i just i was just shocked by this whole notion that it actually ended and it was a a good ending like a the 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 good guys won (laughs) right (laughs) i mean so it's a sad thing but i mean maybe it's like the whole end game aspect is like i don't even know if you finish a uh, marvel movie without seeing some other bad thing looming in the end credits like well you can't leave on a high note i know we killed the bad guys but here's a new bad guy to piss you off i'm like you know, sometimes you just want a good uh, a good ending, a happy ending. Well, I think what it's got going for it in its favor is there's like they did not leave an opening for, nor do I think anyone wants Shawshank Redemption 2. 
<laughs> like, like you've completed your story we can leave it be it can end on a high note and that's fine right. like, you bring up the mcu and it's like of course every one of theirs is going to have some post credits you know aha situation because they gotta you know sell that next movie but shawshank stands on its own thank goodness right i shudder right. to think what a what a uh shawshank sequel would even look like but no you'd ruin it no i mean uh, ultimately right. it would just be two guys it would be like a buddy comedy down in mexico you know doing <laughs> sometimes that that's essentially what it'd be which yeah at this point in time they could record this and they would be uh maybe you know make it 20 years later and then they'd be doing grumpy old men on a porch or something so it's all good <laughs> i mean so my thought throughout is like, all right, what's the theme of this? And I mean, obviously, it's the <laughs> redemption in the name of the whole aspect here, you know, like, and I mean, I guess the general theme was hope, you know, like that's the the big aspect of, you know, Dufresne's kept hope that he could do something or, you know, I guess oh, he yeah. knew he was an innocent man, even though two life sentences kept hope where Freeman's character kind of said, no way, yeah, we're never going to get out of here. And if I do, I'll end up dying. And look, now they're partying on a beach somewhere so i think that's you know and then there's some underlying themes friendship you know corruption in the court i mean that's normal stuff right it's just a good movie like like it's got some good good themes and whatnot but it, it, they're also of the variety you really don't need to dig too super deep like it's not it's not overly subtle it's not overly right. complex it's yeah here's some here's some stuff hang on to hope you'll get there and Rock on. I mean, all these things, like we started this all off with why in the fuck is this thing number one? Right. But as we've been kind of in the high points and talking through it, like, ah, I, I get it. I get it. Like, you know. Right. Right. I mean, it's not going to be my favorite movie of all time, but I can't I can't think of anything really bad to say about it. Either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's a, it's got a good feel. It was made really well. Right on. Yeah. And that and that indeed is exactly why it's uh ranked so high i think everybody's like that you can't really pick it apart acting was great story was fantastic the filming was great i mean like everything about it was a solid i mean dare i say great movie you know so yeah. and if nobody can say well i'm gonna pick it apart for this i'm gonna pick it apart for that like maybe you don't like morgan freeman <laughs> you know that maybe that's the reason who, you don't who are you yes right morgan freeman What what is wrong with you right right so I think that it's a solid movie, and, and because it was such a solid movie, and you know, just like the movies, we went this episode commercial-free for you today. So thank, right. you, thank the Shawshank Redemption and a good quality movie here. We, we managed to move through. Any lasting thoughts you have uh, on this movie? I think we covered pretty much what anybody would expect on a movie review-esque you know, podcast. Yeah, that's I, I don't know that I have much more to add. I think it's interesting that the original story was Rita Hayworth in the yeah. Shawshank Redemption, which they changed because they didn't want people to think it was a Rita Hayworth biopic, as I understand right. it, which well, makes sense. <laughs> right. And apparently, even though they didn't call it that because it was based on this the story with that name, I guess the, the the director or the producer still had a bunch of young ladies kind of putting in their resumes for a part uh, that didn't really exist just because they didn't know what they were having. I thought that was a fun little little uh, right script to the whole thing. Yeah, no, I I think that's uh that's pretty darn funny. Out of all like the you know trivial things, I thought that was probably the fun one too. So yeah, yeah no, I think uh, so. Overall, it's a good movie. Uh, we are going to you know continue down the line. What do we got next, Eric? Well, that's what I'm pulling up here, my friend. I think if, if memory serves me correct, 
we're going to be talking about the godfather and the godfather part two so it's yes. going to be like a double feature so it's almost like the drive-in uh you're gonna we're gonna watch one and then we're gonna watch the other and then talk about them back to back sure probably get confused by some stuff <laughs> yeah i think i think we're probably gonna watch them back to back and we're gonna talk to talk about them both in a single episode but they're yes. at, it's actually on this list as separate entities at numbers do you, do you have it in front of you what numbers no. those are no one's number okay. two for sure and the other one i think is probably like four or five but yeah it's it's it, they're both in the actual top 10 hence why it made it really easy for us to kind of decide this you know to kind of combine them into one film the fact yeah. is maybe we watch number one and watch number two and find out it's two episodes you know who knows i've watched them a long time ago it's been a while same we will find out, you know, but for the most part, we're definitely going to be talking about The Godfather, and that is the next going down the list. Mafia, fun times. Right. We'll see if we can get Lauren to watch this one. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> we will see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm sure Abby will watch along, but I don't, I don't know that uh, it doesn't seem like Lauren's genre, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if she wants to join us. So just tell her, listen, it's number two in the whole freaking world. J join the rest of the crew. Come on. Give me your ranking. Oh, that's right. What ranking would you give Shawshank Redemption, Eric? I mean... When it's all said and done. So, I, I think I'd give it a 9. And the reason I give it a 9, because I can't pick it apart, but I don't know if it has a repeatability factor. I feel like the next time I'll watch this is when we do a podcast in 15, 20 years <laughs> that says, hey, let's re-watch the movies we watched 20 years ago, right? Like, I right. don't think it's one of those movies where it's just like, it, it's not something I'm going to put on at nighttime and, and watch again. So, like, there's the nostalgic value and or the repeatability leaves it at a nine for me, where the other films like Star Wars, you know, A New Hope gets a 10 in many aspects because it has all the vibes. I think it's a great film yeah. for me and I love it in many aspects, you know, so I'll always weigh heavily more, he you know, you get a bump for, you know, having some type of nostalgia aspect. So where did it fall for you? <laughs> in what should be a no surprise to you, Eric, or anyone else who's heard us talk about rating things. Right. I tend to I tend to be a little harsher. Right. I, I give I give Shawshank a solid seven. Right. Because which, which... because to me, over a seven is a mark of a movie that I will watch any time over and over again. And I, I'm with you. Like it's a good movie. I enjoyed watching it. Watching it a second time was fine. I don't know when I'm going to dial this back up again. Like, it's, right. it's it's good. I've seen it. Hooray. Great. Yeah. Another decade will pass. I'm like, hey, remember that movie? Yeah, let's watch it. But not right. like your your Star Wars. Is your so we essentially movie. ranked it the same. Kind of. Your seven and mine. No, your, your numbers are always off mine where mine is like, well, a 10 is the best ever. Nine is next to. And yours is always yours is always more critiqued you know critical exactly. so I, I, you probably have way fewer tens where i have a lot of tens and then tens with stars are the ones that are the true tens i'll be honest eric i'll be real surprised if i have uh, any tens on my list because i am so rough the number shouldn't exist then right you're on a scale it's one of those people you'll never get a perfect score here i just i just pulled i just pulled up my imdb ratings i have i have three things in here rated as a 10 do you, do you want to you want to guess what those three things are? Pulp Fiction, Star Wars: A New Hope, uh, whatever third one you have. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. I don't know. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, the Mandalorian, Star Wars okay. Episode Four: A New Hope, and yeah. the Toddcast with Eric. Because oh, yes, okay. folks, we're on IMDb. Yes, Eric has been right. working hard to, uh, <laughs> to get pictures and some good content up there. So 
you know, in addition to subscribing to the podcast and, and liking it and giving it hearts and rating, rating it high everywhere oh. you can, slide on over to IMDb and, uh, you know, I will understand if you just give us a nine. Because, you know, like I said, tens are hard to come by in, in the way I do it. So, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll happily accept really anything. How, um, how ridiculous. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. No, look on at that it. note, yeah. <laughs> yep. we leave you on that, uh, that happy note. Thanks, Eric, for, for chatting through this. Thank you, Craig, for the research. Thank you, listeners, for hanging in here with us. And uh, until next time, I hope you all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas you'd like us to chat about, you can reach out on social. Search for Toddcast Podcast. Visit our website at toddcastpodcast.com with a single D in Todd. There you will find show notes, original articles, and a backlog of episodes. If you'd enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are appreciated. Thanks again for listening to the Toddcast. Mm-hmm.